Hello and welcome to the very first episode of our new podcast, Where Do I Know Them From? My name is Alexandra. And I'm Elizabeth. And we are huge fans of movies and also of talking through them. So we thought that a podcast would be a great format for discussing movies. And for this show, Where Do I Know Them From? Our goal is to follow an actor through their entire career from start to finish or from start to wherever they're at now. Uh, This first season, we want to talk about Saoirse Ronan. Just because Elizabeth and I both really like her, <laughs> and she's also very prolific as an actress. Uh, she started back in 2007, which is where we're going to be starting as well, and she's made a lot of movies since then. She does have two movies coming out this year, so we're going to have to play a little bit of catch-up and go watch those as well, and just like release them later, since we want to release the episodes in the order that we watch the movies. But we got this idea because last year, Elizabeth and I watched every single Adam Driver movie ever made, not in any particular order, just for fun, because we thought it would would be interesting to to watch one actor's entire filmography, and it was. But this time, we wanted to be more focused about it. We wanted to watch it in a chronological order, and of course, we also wanted to share it with all of you. So, Elizabeth, do you want to take us away with some reviews? Yeah, so I thought it would be fun to kind of like provide a little review, a couple reviews from our favorite website, Litterboxd, um, just to kind of let the audience guess what movie we're going to be talking about before we get into it. Um, So without further ado, this one is four stars. Um, The way that this movie turns me into the biggest Paul Rudd simp, period. The period's important. So important. It really adds to the tone. Uh, The next one is zero stars. (laughs) This review may contain spoilers, period. New line, she could, period. Four stars, Michelle Pfeiffer at her milfiest, and God, did I enjoy it. Incredible. (laughs) Um, I will also mention that this movie's overall rating on Letterboxd is a 2.75. So well under those two four-star reviews we've just read. Well, you know, it's important to... to give the voices of the stands a platform, you know? (laughs) Gotta contextualize those those reviews. Well, Alexandra, do you know what movie we're talking about this week? I do. It's I Could Never Be Your Woman. It is I Could Never Be Your Woman. So if you aren't a Saoirse Ronan stan and you didn't know that this was her first movie, so we would obviously be talking about it first. It came out in 2007. It is directed and screenwritten by Amy Heckerling. Um, The score is by Mike Hedges, and it was produced and distributed by the Weinstein Company. Um, The major actors in this movie are Michelle Pfeiffer, Paul Rudd, and Saoirse Ronan, of course. My girl. (laughs) And the basic plot of the movie, well, according to Letterboxd, once again, this movie follows a mother who falls for a younger man while her daughter falls in love for the first time. Mother Nature messes with their fates. Um, That is... Perhaps the worst description of a movie I've ever (laughs) encountered on Letterboxd. So just for the rest of you guys, um, basically what happens, Michelle Pfeiffer is playing a, like, TV producer and... Named Rosie. Named Rosie, yes. And they are trying to produce this TV show about, like, high school students and they want to keep it, like, fresh and exciting and they need a new character. So they hold these open auditions and... Paul Rudd comes in to audition for the show. Adam. His, yes, his character's name is Adam. Will I call him anything besides Paul Rudd? No. no but Paul his Rudd. character's name is Adam. Kansas's finest export. Truly. <laughs> the shining star of this movie. Um, but yes, he comes in to audition. 
for this role. He gets it, and he and Michelle Pfeiffer fall in love. Um, he is significantly younger than her. This is the major problem of the movie, the major conflict. And um, Michelle Pfeiffer is very much, she's very much in her midlife crisis era. She is struggling with being a woman aging in a industry where we're supposed to stay young and pretty forever. And she does not feel young or pretty anymore. But maybe Paul Rudd helps her, question mark? I think he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like the review says, Saoirse Ronan's character also has her own little plot line. She is falling in love with this boy in her class for the first time, and she's very much trying to impress him and trying to, like, get him to notice her. And it's very interesting to see Michelle Pfeiffer and, like, watch Saoirse Ronan from afar. But we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, in terms of critical response for this movie... Critical in air quotes there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter gave it a 64%. And the um, audience rating was a 44%, which, woof. <laughs> um, and then there's no response on Metacritic, which also feels telling. Yeah, <laughs> definitely telling. Yeah. Um, so, Alexandra, what are your initial impressions about the plot of this movie? Right off the bat, I knew that this movie was going to be weird. Uh, like Elizabeth mentioned, in the Letterboxd review... Or in the Letterboxd plot, it talks about Mother Nature messing with their fates, but it's not really so much Mother Nature as it is just a Mother Nature character who only interacts with Michelle Pfeiffer, who only talk like only Michelle Pfeiffer can hear and see her and talk to her. And it seems that whenever Michelle Pfeiffer does talk to Mother Nature, no one else can see it. So just immediately that was my critique. I did not like the movie from the beginning. Yeah, that part with Mother Nature is so weird. Like, I just don't under she starts the movie. She's clearly important. She's the very first thing that we see. And it's like a shaky cam, like fourth wall break situation. Like she's holding a camcorder and like lamenting about men not wanting to get older. And of course she also means like humankind. And it's just so odd. The actress doing it is fine. Great. Good. She does a good like, um, you know, omniscient god type character. Mm-hmm. But it's just so strange that she only talks to Michelle Pfeiffer, no one else can hear her, and that, like, she has very little to do with the actual plot of the movie. She does, but I do think that Mother Nature, right, she starts off with this, like, she's just, her monologue is about modernity, and it's cut with scenes of nature and of modern society, and it does seem to set up the commentary that this movie makes, but I don't think that she was necessary or essential to the plot, and I think that the movie could have been better without her. Uh, hot take. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a weird one. Um, I'm trying so hard to quickly Google um, who that... Oh, it's Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman plays um, Mother Nature, and you might know her from Into the Woods. She plays um, Jack's mother in Into the Woods, the movie with Meryl Streep. Uh, But yeah, super, super, super strange. Um, We've talked a little bit about um, the Saoirse Ronan character's plotline, but that was probably the biggest thing we were talking about while we were watching the movie, is just, like, what purpose does Saoirse Ronan play in this movie? Like, she's why we're here. What is she giving us? Exactly. It did seem like maybe they were trying to go for some parallelism there between Michelle Pfeiffer and Paul Rudd's relationship and then Saoirse Ronan and her man's relationship. But there just wasn't enough, like, the conflicts weren't the same. Right, Saoirse Ronan is falling in love for the first time. 
with someone her own age, and Michelle Pfeiffer is falling in love with Paul Rudd, and we have no idea how how big their age gap is. It just keeps getting bigger throughout the entire movie, <laughs> which I think is a great recurring gag. I, I got a kick out of that one. Yeah, there's this excellent scene, like, in somebody's car where she's like, I can't do this anymore. I lied to you. I'm actually, like, 37. And he's like, that's okay. I'm like, what? I don't know. Some other age, like, 26 or something. And then she's like, okay, I'm 38. And he's like, oh, I'm 23. Like, it just, it just keeps getting, who knows? Who's to say how old Paul Rudd is? He truly doesn't age. And neither does Michelle Pfeiffer. She looks exactly the same in this movie as she does everywhere else. Yes, I do think that including the Saoirse Ronan plotline was important to help make Michelle Pfeiffer's character look more relatable. Like, she she looked a lot more frazzled, right, because she had a teenage daughter. and But they did have a very close mother-daughter relationship, so it helped to, like, make it seem relevant to the, to the plot. And they both had very similar I'm-not-like-other-girls energy, which is part of the reason that I didn't like this movie, is that it felt very problematic from a from a feminism standpoint. Yeah, and it's so interesting because, like, I really do feel like Michelle Pfeiffer's, like, rebellion and I'm not like other girls attitude is really just supposed to demonstrate that she's young or, like, she's young at heart. Like, she's trying to hold on to this idea of, like, youth and, like, still being an angsty teenager. But she's just, in doing so, like, a little problematic. <laughs> little, little being a woman is bad, being man good kind of vibes. Elizabeth, during this movie commented to me that this movie reeks of 2007 and that it sounds like a period drama about 2007 and yet it was made in that year and I think that that comment really captures um, exactly what we didn't like about this movie and that it just seemed very over the top and when I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter for this movie it a lot of the comments were the same they were like it was very over the top, it just the, the script was weird, it didn't quite go together and while the actors all did fine, it just was not a good and, and it was not a good avenue for them to display their talent. So maybe not a great first movie for Saoirse Ronan, although the rest of her career does take off after this. Yeah, I mean, you got to start from the bottom to really get somewhere, to really have a journey at all, right? Um, yeah, I definitely feel like some of the message of this movie is a little, like, out of line with how we would... Definitely, if this movie was made today, it would be different. It would be worlds different. It would not even be made today. Yes. Um... But yeah, I, what do you, what do you think, I'm curious, what do you think the message of this film is supposed to be? And do you think it's successful in communicating that? Okay, I'm just going to answer those in reverse order. No, I do not (laughs) think that it's successful in communicating the message that it wants to. It felt like, we talked about the the mother nature bit and where she's kind of making a commentary about, oh, society's going down the drain, right? Like, we're all so concerned about our self-image and we're not real people, but it didn't feel like the characters ever really got out of that. Like, at the, at the end, right, we see Saoirse Ronan finally getting out of her box and, like, performing on stage, and she wins the the love of, of her love interest, and we see Michelle Pfeiffer finally accepting that she's old, but that she can be with Paul Rudd. But I just didn't feel that the plot line and, the like, the central tension of I'm too old for this man and aging is hard to, to, to grasp I don't think that it really helped to answer the question of why is society bad or how is society bad? It just felt like, you know, it just felt like a bad commentary on on body image and on getting older. And I didn't care for that. Yeah, it was definitely, I definitely agree. It Everything seemed kind of like so close, you know, it's like, when, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's so close to right and then not so much at the end. I think 
particularly interesting was Saoirse Ronan's character's, like, obsession with uh, parody songs. Yes. Several times in the movie, she is singing along to the radio, and it's, like, a popular song, um, most notably, like, Britney Spears and Alanis Morissette. Um, And she's singing, like, parody lyrics about... I don't know, growing up like in the in two thousand seven. Yeah, like, like body image. She the one that's an Alanis Morissette um cover or like parody is pretty mean to George Bush for reasons <laughs> I don't understand. I mean it's important, but yeah, like two thousand seven it's on on fashion trend to be mean to him. Yeah, so it's just yeah, it's so interesting how they set up this like it's it's very much giving the vibe of a lot of social commentary, but I feel like all of that social commentary kind of misses the mark. Yes. And it might yeah. just be that we, we watched it in 2022 mm-hmm. after the Me Too movement, after a lot more, like, public discussion about how it's okay to talk about women's, women's bodies, how it's mm-hmm. okay to talk about, like, women's experiences. But I totally agree. I don't think that this movie hit the marks that it wanted to, at least not for us. I feel like the fact that this movie went straight to DVD says that it was not very successful in its message even in 2007, but T. <laughs> no, I think you're right. It was, I looked up Michelle Pfeiffer's first direct-to-DVD movie, which is... Flop. Um, in yeah, her flop, flop era. In her flop era. Although, I, I don't know, I liked some of the other movies that she came out with in 2007, but this one, definitely not. I did not like this movie. It just felt very... Elizabeth and I were talking about this during the movie. It felt kind of anti-woman. It was. It felt ageist. There were just, like, all sorts of bad things going on in this mm-hmm. movie. But I think that the best scene has got to be Paul Rudd's dance scene. Oh, my gosh. So good. Iconic. I truly wish... <laughs> truly wish to only watch it for the rest of time. I would watch it every day if I could. The man has perfected white dad dancing and I just think that it should be if it's not already it should be a little line on his resume under white dad dancing special skills white dad dancing really I think the skill is just being Paul Rudd (laughs) and I know that we keep saying this but Paul Rudd truly stole the show in this movie like his physical comedy and his like his speech comedy was just on point the whole movie and it You know, there was a low bar since the rest of the movie wasn't great, but Barra truly was the best part. He had some problematic moments, too. Like, his his comedy was very much, like, I don't know, there's a couple times where he, like, mimes, is the only word I can think of, but, like, mimes being gay. Like, he, like, makes a lot of jokes at the expense of gay men. Absolutely. And there's a character who's kind of, like, you know, the quintessential sassy gay friend. But I think that that was really the only time I ever felt like Paul Rudd was being problematic. And it wasn't ever in relation to women's bodies, which I guess is the point. Like, he's this man that's going to make Michelle Pfeiffer feel like she's not old and irrelevant. But I think it's worth saying. That's fair. (laughs) I do think that he was an incredibly immature character, which probably goes to the, the parodying that he was doing. But overall, I liked Paul Rudd the actor, not the character. (laughs) Yeah, agree. Definitely. Um, how do you feel like our girl Saoirse did in this movie? I don't know. I mean, the whole time while I was trying to figure out why she was even in the movie, like her character, not her, because obviously Saoirse is great and we love her. But the whole time I was trying to figure out why her character was in it. And I think it's literally just to parallel Michelle Pfeiffer and to make her look younger. I thought that there might be a little bit of like a generational conflict in there, maybe like an expression of anti-boomer sentiment. But I don't know. I just... 
I didn't feel like she needed to be in the movie, although I did like her in it. I thought she was funny. Um, some truly iconic outfit choices, and by that yes. I mean crimes against fashion. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of cargo pants destroyed in the making of this film. Rip to the cargo pants industry. <laughs> Although I guess they're coming back now. They are. T. Yeah, I felt like Saoirse Ronan did a good job. Alexandra said while we were watching this movie that she was very much giving Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap. She was. Um, it was like she just transplanted L- Lindsay Lohan's like, <laughs> entire vibe from that movie into this movie, which worked for the movie, I thought. Yeah, she very much plays this, like, I feel like she's kind of giving Lindsay Lohan in Freaky Friday. She's yeah. very much giving this, like, angsty teen, like, rock star wannabe type deal like she's got like all the same like fashion vibes as freaky friday which i guess probably came out in a similar a similar year so that's why the fashion is the same but anyway (laughs) but saoirse ronan was kind of a badass in this movie like she really stuck to her guns and handled herself pretty well relative to her mom who was like literally falling apart this whole movie particularly i think symbolized by the state of her hair (laughs) <laughs> which just every time she came on screen, her hair was in a different con- like fashion. And it was it was truly like it, it just embodied the chaos of the rest of the film, which felt kind of absurdist to me. Like the movie, just how over the top it was felt rather absurdist. The longer it went, the more I was like, this is a joke. This There's a the punchline at the end. What's happening? What's it was coming? all a dream. Yeah, actually, JK was all a dream. Mother Nature was in, she's creating a simulation. <laughs> it I... I'm curious to get your take on this. Did you feel like it embodied all those gender stereotypes that we all have to had to live through in 2007 or did it try to undermine them and how successfully? Oh my gosh. I it's so inter- this movie was so interesting to me because like definitely there are characters in the film that are not women that feel pressure to conform to a specific way of looking. Like the actor who plays Sue Ronan's dad in the film um he comes in and he's like recently gotten some Botox or like he's had hair plugs yeah, that like got infected and they needed to like be removed and like he is wearing athleisure to try to look like cool and young also. So like there's definitely these elements of like everyone wants to look younger and everyone wants to like look their best and feels this pressure from society, which I think is interesting and probably not an unfair like, judgment of society, but I think that, like, because of that, it kind of undercuts the gender commentary that they're trying to make. Um, Or maybe they're not trying to make gender commentary. Uh, I think everything is about gender, uh, or so I've been told. But (laughs) um, I think that it doesn't do a great job undercutting societal stereotypes. It very much, like, the movie ends with her just being okay with being outside of those things. Like, it's not... The moral of the story, to me, was not necessarily, like, society is wrong. It was just, like, this is how Michelle Pfeiffer is going to operate within this fucked-up system. (laughs) That's why it kind of felt like an I'm-not-like-other-girls movie in that it wasn't, like, saying that the the social standards we were seeing were wrong, just that it was okay to be outside of them. Like, it was okay to make your own society. And I didn't... I didn't like that resolution of, of those tensions that we saw. Yeah, I also think that that's, like, I, I, I'm i never someone that talks about wardrobe choice in film, so it's weird that I am still talking about it. But I think that, like, that, the clothes that she's wearing and, like, her general vibe, Michelle Pfeiffer, and also yeah. Saoirse Ronan, kind of, like, immediately paints them as, like, outsiders. Like, they're both, like, wearing Doc Martens and, like, dark colored band t-shirts, and they're very much giving, like, an alternative vibe for the whole movie. And I think that that 
signals to you immediately how the movie is going to end. Like, oh, they're they're not going to conform to this stereotype. They're going to be okay living outside of it, and they're not going to do anything to challenge it. I also think that dating a younger man is inherently within the stereotype that they're trying to combat. Like, are you kidding me? And maybe it's funny because it's flipped and usually men date younger women. We are looking at you, Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) But (laughs) I just didn't feel like it was particularly, like, edgy, groundbreaking, like, or anything. What about... Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie, right? We talked about she's a she's a film or a, a TV producer. She's kind of high up, like she's running her own show. That's why she has hiring ability over Paul Rudd's character. But do you think that this movie says anything about working women, like whether or not it's okay to be a working mom? Because she's a working single mom, really, since they're divorced. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Que- I feel like I'm being interviewed. <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> but I I don't. I think it has very little to say about working women. I think that she doesn't have a hard time balancing being a mom while she's dating this younger man. There's no conflict about, like, whether or not the Saoirse Ronan character is going to like her mom dating either, which, like, as a child of divorce, I find very strange. (laughs) She was immediately cool with Paul Rudd. Yes! As soon as they started playing video games together, it was all over. Yeah, super weird. Like, no one was worried about how they were going to mesh and maybe that's just because he's childish and so is her 13 year old you know justifiably so but that was that part was weird to me she doesn't struggle to like get her kid anywhere on time she doesn't like she very neatly does all of her responsibilities and like also her dating is not her having time to date is not the conflict it's that she's dating a younger man also no one seems to have a problem with this except for her yeah Mother Nature does, but that's just really her own internal dialogue. So it's yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer times two has a problem with this. Yeah. I, I asked mostly because I felt during this movie that she had a really weirdly positive working environment. Like, I don't think that I've ever seen a work environment on screen that was as positive as this one. And yet her boss was so awful to her all the time. That's true. Her boss was very much, very much like male TV producer doesn't understand the youths, but is trying to get them into his clutches to add into his viewership. But all of the other men that she works with on the set are like, so cool. So chill. Everyone is like, so fine with her being a working mom, like no consequences ever for having a child, except that sometimes the child is there. What yeah. do you think about the acting in this movie? I know we've kind of danced around it, but what do you think about each of the major actors we've talked about so far? I felt like this is a very different role than I've seen Michelle Pfeiffer in before. I haven't seen her in a rom-com maybe ever, but definitely not in recent memory. I remember her from movies like Hairspray and Stardust. Stardust also um, in the, the new First Ladies TV show. Mm-hmm. I felt like this was, she did an excellent job, like, embodying that like female protagonist rom-com lead I think she did a really excellent job with that I didn't I wouldn't call it a standout performance by her um Paul Rudd stole the show immediately I we were truly sitting so upset watching this film for the first 10 minutes of it and then as soon as Paul Rudd entered the screen the whole vibe changed everything about it was magical um he really stole the show I think that Saoirse Ronan did a good job in this movie I think, and I'm really excited to talk about some other uh, roles that she did in this year, but I think that this is starkly different from the other ones that she has done and will do in the future. She plays, like, 
young, edgy, and like loud very like well. And I have never seen her do that before until I watched this movie. So I think she does a good job. I think that she just could have been utilized better. I think that a lot of people see this movie as kind of the the pre um, the pre movie for. Ladybird, because the, she plays a very similar character in that one, except in Ladybird she doesn't like her mom, and in this one she does like her mom. Mm. And I gotta say, I did appreciate that they had like a close mother daughter relationship. That was really cool to see, and I was glad, like you said, that she didn't have any problems with her mom dating Paul Rudd, even though Michelle Pfeiffer had a lot of problems with herself dating Paul Rudd. Saoirse Ronan's character queer coded, definitely, definitely. one hundred percent. I mean, I know she has a little like male love interest, but she's definitely not like other girls. She's definitely Definitely, like a precursor to Lady Bird. I understand that those letterbox reviews. Um, okay, Alexandra, out of five stars for the entire movie, what would you rate I Could Never Be Your Woman 2007? Honestly, I think if this movie had hit all the marks that it was trying to, like there was so many symbols that I just, I think that they weren't really accomplishing. Like the mirrors, we there were so many mirrors in this movie, and I thought that they were supposed to mean something. Oh but my I god, yeah! What, but we didn't even talk about the mirrors. No, there's not much to say. There's just a lot of mirrors. Yeah, they're just there vibing. I feel like if the movie had hit all of its marks, it might have been like a solid three point five for me. Mm-hmm. But since it didn't, maybe a two. Okay. Okay. What do you, what do you think? Um, it's a firm two for me. <laughs> But I think for all of the same reasons that you have just mentioned, like it could have been so much. It could have been like, I think it could have been a really cool absurdist movie if they went like fully committed to that Mm -hmm. route. I think it really could have made some like good societal impact, good commentary, but it felt like it was trying to do too much all at once. So it's a two for me, solid two, not 2.7. Sorry, letterboxed, (laughs) but (laughs) got to bring the score down. Yes. What about Saoirse Ronan? Let's just rate her. Out of five. You know, I'm biased (laughs) because, like, we've seen her do better. It's also the first one that we've watched for this project. So I don't want to start too low, but I don't want to start too high either. we got to get room for growth. That's true. I'm going to give her a 3.5, which feels mean. That feels really mean to Saoirse. But I think that because it's so similar to other, like, archetypes, I guess, or, like, types of characters we've seen, like Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap, like Lindsay Lohan in Freaky Friday, and I'm sure others that I'm just not thinking of. It feels like not very much of what she's doing is original, um, and also I feel like she was maybe underutilized as a character. Like, I, like we said, we don't really know why she's there, and maybe that's unfair to take points off for, like, a writing or directorial choice, but I'm going to give her a 3.5. I would agree. I think you're right on the money that I, while I liked what she did, it did feel very much like an archetype and very similar to other other period movies that we saw, or other movies of the period that we saw when they came out. So yeah, 3.5 for me as well. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you guys for listening to our first episode of Where Do I Know Them From? Um, I guess we'll just take a minute to like shout some people out. I personally want to thank um, my friend Emma for giving us the idea to do Saoirse Ronan. For many, many months, we were really contemplating who we should do next um, because our Adam Driver project was so fun. Um, and I did several tweets about it. And Emma was like, you should do Saoirse Ronan because I love Ladybird, Teehee. And then I was like, hold on, you may be onto something there because I love Atonement. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks, Emma. Do you have anybody you want to thank? Do you have any resources you want to thank? 
Uh, no, I would like to thank Sir Ronan for making so many movies. Oh my so gosh. That we have a very long season ahead of us. I think I'm so excited for this project. And thanks, Elizabeth, for coming on this journey with me. And thank all of you also for, for listening. Yeehaw. Join us next week for Atonement. Uh-huh.